0: This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, welcome to church this morning. If you're joining us online, um, welcome to you too from the comfort of your pajamas. It's great. Church online for the win, right? Um, So I am delighted to bring the word this morning, and it literally is a word. This is the word on screen. One word that I hope will totally give you a amazing perspective of who God is about his heart because one of the things that I have come to realize as I've grown up in faith is that he is kinder than I can even imagine that he is more loving than I think because he is just so good he is so incredibly good and I've realized that your view of God really really matters because what you think of him will be then how you live out his message so if you can get this concept of chesed his faithful loving kindness it really really matters how you view him and then hence how you live in the world because he is so good and he is so kind I always love it when Lisa Harper kind of says he's not a unibrowed librarian right he is a good God he is a kind God and he just wants us as his children to to know that about him and um, this word has literally been something that has transformed my thinking about him and it is a Hebrew word that you will find all throughout the Old Testament particularly in Psalms but it is the Hebrew word chesed now if we were really going after language it's actually pronounced chesed right but I'm not going to do that because it's really awkward. So we're just going to say "hesed" for the sake of the Northern Irish girl at the front. But this word literally is this concept that draws us into the grand theme of the Bible, because the grand story of the Bible is that God is love and that he wants us to understand that. And he steps into his own story to show us that. And this Hebrew word is so incredibly rich that there isn't really an English word that does it justice right there's no word in English that could really help our understanding of how huge this concept is but there is a guy who has tried right and I read this book and he had a list of English words that could quite possibly Slot into this word has said. So I'm going to read them out just to give you the general picture. Are you ready? Because the list is extensive. Buckle up, get your seatbelts on. Here we go. Love. Loving kindness, merciful love, loyal love, sure love, relentless love, enduring love, extravagant love, affectionate, satisfaction, love in action, dependable love, steady love, true love, fundamental love, miracle love, generous love, deep love, wonderful love, great love, incredible love, marvelous love, gracious love, loyal in love, steadfast love, an expression of love, election love, unfailing love, faithful love, tons of love, loving instruction, loving deeds, covenant love, a covenant off love, covenant... Covenantal faithfulness, covenantal deeds of love, covenant friendship, covenant commitment, gracious covenant, loyal loyalty, covenant loyalty, loyal faithfulness, great loyalty, loyalty, unswerving loyalty, loyal mercy, loyal service, kindness, godly kindness, merciful kindness, great kindness, everlasting kindness, mercy, mercy work, mercy feeling, miracle mercy, generous mercy, sweet mercy literally persistent faithfulness faithfulness faithful acts reliable goodwill great you get the picture and honestly my list actually does go on but I'm going to stop there for the sake of time but the incredible thing is none of those words cut it right and I I read that list and it makes me just feel overwhelmed with the extravagant love of the father but yet it still doesn't grasp this concept of chesed Lots of words that don't quite get it. It's like ultra kindness. It's like all of these words, full on, right? Full on. Um, But there was one phrase that I came across um, in a book that really just drew me in. And I love this guy's definition of it. It's a guy called Michael Card. And he said this. He said, chesed is when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing from gives me everything right, I have a right to expect nothing, I don't deserve it, I expect nothing, and yet hesed practices giving everything in spite of that. And this word is perhaps the greatest sacramental word in the Hebrew Bible, because the concept of hesed is central to Jewish faith. This word was a call to experience the Hasid of God, to live in his chesed, to know his chesed and then to be his chesed in the world. This is the great story of Israel, that they would know God and that they would live God to the nations. and. One of the things that's really important in scripture is this idea that when this word is mentioned for the first time, it's super important. But the first time God says this word about himself is actually at a moment whenever um, Israel has massively failed. So let me, let me go back to, to that part of the story because it's really important. So in Exodus 34, um, lots of stuff has happened. They have got the 10 commandments. God has saved them, redeemed them, brought them out of slavery and they're on their way to the promised lands. And God has given these 10 commandments, his rules, his law, his way for him to be in the world. And Moses has been up the mountain. He's received this. He's had his moment with the Lord, with Yahweh. And he's coming down the mountain, and God's people are now dancing round a golden calf right he has been savior to them he has been the faithful god and yet here in this moment they are displaying the sheer act of behavior that shows complete opposite of his character they are practicing in unfaithfulness and it's in this moment that moses gets the tablets and he just throws them to the ground and they break And he is so angry. He is so frustrated with the people of God. Um, And he does what is probably a really wise thing to do when you're frustrated with someone. is not to tell them so much of how angry you are at them. Because you might want to punch them or high five them in a face with a chair. But Moses doesn't do that. No, Moses goes back up the mountain And he has a conversation with Yahweh. That is great advice. Someone can take it for free in the room. If you're angry with people, you need to go back up the mountain, right? But he goes back up the mountain in his frustration and it's this moment in the story where he asks Yahweh to reveal his glory and you'll remember this that he puts him in the cleft of the rock and he passes by because he wants to reveal all of his goodness to Moses and I'm just going to pick up this scripture because this is where God declares himself to be his said so in verses 6 and 7 of chapter 34 it says the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord is a compassion and gracious God, slow to anger, thank goodness, and abounding in faithful love and truth. And it's that phrase, abounding, in a abounding in faithful love and truth, and maintaining Hased to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. And what we see here in the middle of a rebellion, in the middle of unfaithfulness, God twice reveals, but I'm still chesed, I'm faithful, I'm slow to anger, I'm rich in love, I'm compassionate, I am sad, I am truth. In the middle of your failure, nothing about me changes. Isn't that just so good that he's the one that never changes and that he's faithful, his faithful loving kindness goes from generation to generation? And, and I guess it reveals the posture of God, that he is one of grace, of love. But yet in this scripture, the concept of justice and sin is also present. And you know, I love this whole thing about his said, that whenever we don't expect it, we get it. Israelites have failed but yet God still practices love and grace towards them. And, and that's our story too. We don't deserve it, yet we get it. The one who I expect nothing from gives me everything. That's said and it is beautiful. And I said before that one of the, the spaces and places in the Bible where Hesed is talked about the most is in the Psalms. You'll be familiar with Psalm 23, and it says, Only goodness and Hesed." will pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely your goodness and Hased will follow me, will chase after me, will hunt me down. There's this concept that we are supposed to live in Hesed. And you'll be familiar with like Psalm 118, this beautiful um, scripture and chapter that we often use in worship. And it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then this follow line that was repeated every verse for his said endures forever. There ain't nothing stopping it. There's nothing that can hinder it his chesed and faithful loving kindness goes on generation to generation. And we know that the Psalms were penned by David. And David is this real interesting character because he pens a lot about the faithful loving kindness of God, because that's been his story, even in his failure, this faithful, loving, kind God who made a covenant with him as the king of Israel. And there is a concept with chesed that is supposed to be reciprocal. It's supposed to be that we would experience loving kindness, said, and that we would then show it back to the Lord, that he is faithful, so we will be faithful. Not a command or a duty, but something when we have grasped it, we can't help but live it out, because he is so kind, therefore we become so kind. But God's people don't always grasp this, even you and I don't grasp this. And what we see in the story of Israel is they're faithful, and then things go crazy, And then they start following other gods and then they're faithful again for a while and then they dip again and then they're faithful again and they dip again. And we see this throughout their whole story, this constant we're with God, we're not with God, we're with God, we're not with God. And I I don't know if that has been your experience, but it has certainly been something that I have even lived out. How um, narrow-minded and shallow I am in moments when it's all fallen apart, that my faith has a wobble, but how good to know that even that doesn't put the chesed of God off. He still moves towards me. He still advances towards me no matter what I do. And that's the beautiful thing about his faithful loving kindness. Um, And I, I think when it comes to David, the thing that's so fascinating as I'm convinced that this concept of faithful, loving kindness is in his DNA. One of my favorite books in the Bible is Ruth. Her story is incredible. Her story actually in scripture is known as a paradigm for Hasid. this space where we see this play out with people. And you'll know her story, how am um, her mother-in-law was called Naomi and they had a disaster in the family where a famine was in the land and Naomi lost her husband and her two boys and she says to her two daughter-in-laws you know you have no obligation to stay I don't expect you to stay and the other daughter-in-law leaves and, and goes on to find another man but Ruth stays faithful Ruth, in loving kindness, chooses to stay with Naomi. I think she's grasped something of Yahweh actually through Naomi. But in this moment, Ruth is actually participating and living into his said She should go, but she stays. She remains faithful and loyal. And then, of course, what we see in the, in the whole picture of Ruth is the main characters live out his and you'll remember that ruth needs to to find a husband to redeem everything for naomi and her and she realizes that boaz is maybe the next in line and and naomi sends her to his field very strategic and basically back in those days they would leave a little bit of grain at the edge of the land this was a command from Yahweh he says whenever you're you're reaping your harvest i want you to leave a little bit because this is what is left for the widows and the orphans and the poor in society. This is what I have for them. So there was always a plan that even the poorest of the poor would be provided for, that even those who had nothing would always have something in moments like this. If everyone would lean into the God story, there is enough for everyone. And we see Ruth go to the fields of Boaz and glean from his field. but in his kindness, He actually tells his workers to leave a little bit more for her. She's caught his eye and he brings her in for a meal. And then it says that he basically sends her home. And in in, in chapter two, it says he sends her home with 26 quarts of barley And there's times in life where I just read over that information. I don't know how many times I've read through the Bible, but I just glance over information like that. And for some reason, recently, I decided I would look up just how much barley that was. I don't know what it was like in lockdown here but in the UK, we basically had like a quarantine hit list, you know, where you had to hit several things, quarantine bingo, um, it involved participating in several things you would never ever do, um, just to say you did lockdown properly. So like one of those things was buying a puppy. Did did anybody fall for this, right? Yes, one person, I see a hand, we'll pray for you after. Um, so we fell for that as well. We we're like, well, what will we do? We're boarding the house, let's get a dog, right? So. We 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 did that. We ticked that off the list. We got a puppy during lockdown, and then one of the other things that people started doing was like just decorating their house, even though it didn't need decorated. People were so bored looking at the same four walls that we just started painting them again. Right? <laughs> we're going a different colour. Arm is cracking up with me, um, but we did that anyone else redecorate their house another thing was like people rented or bought hot tubs which is a thing and we don't really do that in, in northern ireland but that seemed to be the thing to do we're having parties in the garden we can't go anywhere we're getting a hot tub so we, we ticked that off the list we bought a cheap inflatable one and then the, the the last thing that seemed to be huge was everybody on the planet seemed to just be fascinated with sourdough bread right? Like everyone's like, we need to make sourdough. Like I don't, I don't even, I, I I do not bake, right? I cannot do that. But one of the things that we translated that into was making pizza. So pizza ovens were huge. <laughs> yeah, they have pizza. This is the 2020, so the rebirth of the QR code and the birth of pizza ovens in everyone's homes. But Aaron became fascinated with getting the perfect pizza recipe. So much so our kids never want to eat pizza again. It was like every night for dinner. What do you think of that one? Let's grade it out of 10. But he landed the perfect recipe and, and what made me giggle whenever I was was reading this whole story about Boaz sending Ruth home with all this grain the, the amount of grain he sends her home with actually works out about 13 kilograms of, of barley grain that's a lot that's a lot for a woman to carry right and with Boydo's pizza recipe this basically gives her enough to make 56 and a half pizzas Right, so I, w- I want you to think about this, right? Because Boaz just isn't sending her home with a meal, right? He's sending her home with a huge supply to do her and Naomi. This isn't just, I'm kind, I'm going to feed you. This is like, I am going over and above. I'm going to be over generous. I'm going to be ultra kind. And I'm going to show you how God does life because he's over an abundant generosity um, overload. He's compassionate, gracious, kind, but so much kinder than we realize. And I think that I've often missed this part in this story. That Boaz displays the Hisset of God, and it's not just a little; it's a lot, and I think that it is massive. You know, I have a friend back home; she's an absolute sweetheart um, of a friend, but one of her sons actually has um, autism, and so. Finding him um, in mainstream school and catering for him in mainstream school has been difficult. And back home, whenever you're you're in that world, you are entitled to like some assistance. So he would typically get one to one in a classroom because he struggles just sitting still and learning and all of that. And so she went to the school and she went through the proper process and she applied for this. And she just was struggling. They were just, they kept saying no to her. No, no, no. But she knew she was entitled to this. So she kept on pressing and pressing and pressing. And she had a meeting with the headmaster where she was just not happy. And he turned around and he said to her, you should be thankful that he's even getting an education, let alone wanting extra. Now, the part that I didn't tell you about her story is that my friend is from Ethiopia. Um, and what this headmaster is saying is like, you should be lucky and thank your lucky stars that you're here, let alone want extra. And I remember being so frustrated and angry as I sat with her over coffee, just feeling the anger of God rise up in me because that's not chesed. said is over and above and generous. And that man was certainly not being kind and certainly not practicing kindness. And I remember leaning in and saying, don't stop fighting for this because there's something for your boy. And actually just because he's seen a color of skin that he doesn't recognize or a place in the world he thinks is whatever, the God story over your life is powerful. And it just really played into a prejudice that just made me angry because she's such a beautiful woman and deserves so much more than what the world has dealt her. There's an expectation, right? She's expecting nothing, but yet gets everything. This is the said, right? And I love that the concept, it's not tight, it's not mean, but it is over and above kindness. Um, and we're supposed to show that to the world around us. And I think with the story of David, the reason I think it's in his genetics is because obviously Ruth and Boaz are in his family line. They birth Obed, who births Jesse, who births David. And how phenomenal that even in this line, then we see the Messiah, we see Jesus. And Matthew names Ruth in his genealogy in chapter one. Um, She's in there, her little name is in there. And it just reminds me of this story of loving kindness. And we see it so personified in the person of Jesus. Even the fact that God would come down and put on skin and flesh and live as one of us to show us love is incredible. It's said. It's like, look what I'm prepared to do to get you to see how much I love you. Whenever we get to the New Testament, obviously it's written in Greek, so we lose the word said. But John, in his gospel, picks up the theme. And there's a lot of words that are typically attached to Ased, just to get you to focus a little bit more. But one of the words that typically you will read in Hebrew that goes with it is truth. And it basically reads as hased vamet, grace and truth grace and truth, and you'll remember that John talked about this when he talked about Jesus coming with flesh on him, skin and bones, the word became flesh and lived among us, and he was full of grace and truth, he was full of Hased vamet, because this was God as one of us living into his story. And we see Jesus live this out incredibly so, how he goes to the least of the least. He hangs out with the worst of the worst, the the lost, the lonely, all of it. He is there living, faithful, loving kindness with the people we least expect. And the religious people of his day were so frustrated with him, were angry with him. He would do things like this. It was a Sunday, it was a Sabbath and someone would come in and they would be sick and he would reach out, he would pray for them, they would be healed. And all the religious leaders are going, you can't do that on Sabbath. You cannot do that on Sabbath. That is not in keeping with the law. And what Jesus is doing in these moments is he's saying to him, he's reminding him, the one who gave you the law, He's so kind. The one who gave you these rules loves people. And so to ignore someone who is in need just to stick to the rules, that's not the heart of God. And they are so irritated with him. He tells a parable in Luke 10 about the good Samaritan. And one of the questions that he asks as all the religious people pass by this man who has been brutally beaten, he says, which one of these people who passed him by which one was his neighbor? and the the response to it is this: the one who practiced said, the one who we expected nothing from, the Samaritan, gives this guy everything. The one who we expect nothing from gives him everything. And we see Jesus live this out and teach this concept of grace and truth so beautifully. If we circle back to Exodus 34, when God reveals his faithful, loving kindness, that he's going to maintain it. At the end of his speech to Moses, he says, but I won't let the sin go unpunished. Because there's something about justice that we also see in this word has said. Justice um, is just so beautiful as well, that sin does not go unpunished. Unpunished, and of course we see the concept of this just beautifully in the cross, which is why a brutal instrument of torture can have flowers on it, right? If you think about this, like this is a cruel, a cruel thing at the front of our churches that we all have this cross. It's a brutal instrument of torture that killed our saviour, but yet we look at it with hope. Because as well as justice being served in a brutal way, actually, we see the love of God because he steps into the story and he takes the punishment himself. And so, His said is encapsulated in this whole picture of the cross. It's where love and justice and mercy collide in the most incredible way. It's a kindness above and beyond. I don't deserve it. I certainly don't expect it, but he gives me everything because he gives you and me himself. And that's an incredible story. It's an incredible story of a God who wants to reveal his faithful, loving kindness by doing this for you and for me when we don't deserve it. And his message to us is this, I want you to experience it. I want you to know it, but it doesn't stop there. I need you to live it. I need you to live said. I need you to be kind and oh goodness gracious in a world right now that is crazy and selfish and hateful the people of God are being called to rise up and keep being love keep being kind do not quit even though it's shoved in your face so many times don't give up keep showing my kindness keep showing my love And one of the reasons that we're here this morning and um, we wanna give you an opportunity to kind of join our our little journey with World Orphans. We are here and we've been running around Michigan for, well, I've been here just over a week and Aaron's been here for three. And one of the things that we really believe is that the Bible has so much to say about the widow, the orphan and the poor. And I think that our ignoring them isn't an option We can't help but see the heart of God um, as we look after people who can't look after themselves. And we got to um, draw alongside this incredible organization who were doing a great thing on the planet. And the reason that we loved um, them so much is because their vision was all about keeping family together. And when you read the story of the Bible, family is super important to God. When you think even back to the story of Ruth, the reason her story takes a downward spiral at the beginning is because the father figure of the household is gone. The father figure, the patriarchal system that, ha- that was in place was that you would be part of a family with a father at the head. And... Whenever a boy would get married, they would go and get their wife, their, their bride to be. They would build a, a little room onto their father's house because this was the space where you were cared for, looked after, where your name was known, and where you were provided for. And it just makes it so cool when Jesus goes, you know, in my father's house, there's many rooms because I've gone there and I, I've prepared a place for you. And he's gone, I'm coming back again um, because I've got a house attached to my father's house for you. And it's the whole system of the story is just amazing. But keeping family together um, was is the heartbeat of world orphans. And, and we absolutely love it. And I love that the church gets to be the expression, the hands and feet, as Aaron sang in his first song, will be your hands, will be your feet. And we partner with um, churches in Guatemala, Guatemala, Haiti, Iraq, Ethiopia, and India. And what we do is we see pastors in that area. We partner with them. They they know their people the best, right? This is not us just coming in and saving the day. We get alongside these pastors who identify families who are just on the verge of giving up their child because they can't afford them. And that was one of the things that fascinated me was that in my head, I always heard the word "orphan" and just thought nobody wants that child. I, I just—I hear the word "orphan" and I hear the word "unwanted." It just—it was—it was my language. And yet, what I realized was that mums were going to orphanages, devastated, broken-hearted. The last thing they want to do is give their child up, but yet it was the only option for their child to survive. And so, these pastors see this in action and they become the mediator and say, if we can help fund you, if we can help feed your child and keep them with you, is that a good idea? And of course it's a good idea, it's a God idea in fact. And so that's what we do. We simply try and bridge that gap and stand in a financial need and stop orphans from even being a thing. We we, we equip them, educate them, feed them at source so they get to stay with their mom and dad. And we really believe in that model and it's working really, really well. I got to go to Guatemala just before lockdown and I got to see the church in action And it was phenomenal. In fact, the church I was speaking at the first Sunday, um, this guy came up to me. He was the pastor. He was amazing. And he had no shoes on. And I'm like, okay, because he'd just given them away. So someone had come to church and they didn't have shoes. And so this pastor, you know, just give them the shoes and he goes, God will look after me. I'm just gonna be kind. I'm going, you're amazing. And they they, t- they told me several times that he just goes home without clothes, right? Cause he just gives them away. I'm going, I love this dude because this is him practicing. He said, this is our pastors in Guatemala living into the God's story and changing people's lives. And he's such a humble, gentle man. When I was there, we had a party at the end of church. Sorry, there'd be no party after this service, you're raging. But um, one of the things that we did was we ordered pizza and lots of pizza. And we just had a big old party. We sang songs, played games, all the things. But when we were eating our, our lunch, I out of the corner of my eye, noticed this little boy, he's about four or five, and he has the biggest slice of pizza, bigger than his face. Smile, like you would not believe like actually massive his teeth everything showing he was the happiest kid but tears streaming down his face as he ate this pizza and i'm just kind of marveled at him and i'm staring at him and going what's going on here and we asked the pastor who asked his mom and his mom says every single night from he could talk he prays for pizza every night And we're so poor that we can't afford pizza, but this is his prayer. Every night he blesses everyone in the world that he knows and he asks God for pizza every single night. And he rocks up the church this day and there's so much pizza, right? In fact, we tarred the boxes up and it was the same height as he was. And he's in the photograph smiling, tears streaming down his face. And it's moments like that that just make me realize that something so simple, right something so simple has a lasting impact on a little boy and i can't help but think about the times i've done something just small and very flippantly and yet the message of a said is that we would go over and above that that kid just wouldn't get one slice of pizza that he prayed for he would have an option of about 20 right like Boaz sending Ruth home with 56 and a half pizzas, right? This is our God. It's not sloppy seconds. It's not just the wee bits left over. God goes, I'm an extravagant God. And I want you to lean into my story that you go over and above because I go over and above for you. You know, we um, this summer are raising finance for our in-country staff what do I mean by that so we have a lot of staff um, in America and they're not paid as such from world orphans um, accounts but what they do is they raise support from family and friends they raise their monthly um, support from donors people who know them and we can't ask our in-country staff so we can't ask that pastor in Guatemala raise your own support go find family and friends who will support you because they don't have any money And one of the things that we're doing this summer is we are running around a bunch of churches, gardens, we've been on the back of lorries, wherever wants to give us a microphone and have him sing for free, we're there and we're saying, We're asking you to lean into the story. We're asking you to be a friend and a family member to someone on the other side of the world to keep them doing what they're doing, literally giving the clothes off their back. I love this dude. But we're asking you to come alongside us today and help support our mission team on the ground, our pastors and our staff members who are really struggling. I get it. COVID has been an absolute struggle financially for most people. But if you're in a country like that, it has been awful. And we're asking you to just think about what's in your hand, what can you do, What can you give and can you help support the work of pastors on the ground in these nations? Because trust me, it really matters to God. We have some incredibly generous people in the world of World Orphans. And this summer we have up to a $90,000 match, okay? Which means whatever you give is doubled until we hit 90,000. And lo and behold, this week we've raised 75. We're nearly there, right? It's like so good. I guess I absolutely amaze him. And I think even for me, it's been a reminder, you know, because I'm going, is that, like, that seems like a lot. But then I'm going, Jill, you're preaching a sermon that's talking about 56 and a half pizzas. Like, do you think I can't do this? Do you think that, do you know what? Stop thinking I'm going to do minimal. I'm going to go maximum because this is about having a ripple effect on the world. Um, So we're going to ask you, Aaron's going to close in worship with a couple of songs. But even as he's singing and maybe telling some stories, I want you to think how something you could do today will have a ripple effect. Um, around the world will have a ripple effect on someone's life and literally change their story you might not ever get to know them in this life but trust me in eternity you're going to be their hero because you changed this planet for them and made it a little easier in a crisis scenario there is a table along the back wall outside of your mission wall and if you're watching online don't you worry we have you um, you can go to worldorphans.org and if you just click the donate button Um, You'll be able to give online, so you don't even have to get off your sofa or anything, maybe to get your card, we'll give you that. But there's so many ways that you can give, cash, cheque, and we have a visa machine. So if that's something that you would love to do, we're giving you an opportunity to practice a set in this way. But can I really encourage you this coming week, I love that you're going into your community at the end of July, that's a said. That is showing faithful, loving kindness. Why would you do that? for free you do it because you get this is the heartbeat of god serving loving giving over and above extra ultra kindness because that's who he is amen thanks for listening to our podcast today check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the sermon discussion guide